is now closed. We're now going to go back to the morning uh, agenda and where we left off. Um, the uh, developer had finished, uh, Matthews had finished his presentation. And before we come back to the County Commission, we have three public speakers uh, that have signed up to be heard. And so we're going to call each of them in order. Um, I'll just, before that happens, I'll give uh, staff the opportunity for everybody to come in, then we'll start it. Mayor? Yes. If I might add, um, I believe that um, the representatives from Matthew Southwest indicated that before the board um, uh, move for item number B, that um, Fentrest, there's a Fentrest, I'm sorry, uh, has a, they have a brief video presentation video. Okay. On them, so. Do you want to, um, after, after the, to after the, the public, public speakers, sure. we'll bring that video up. Perfect. Um, so the first speaker on the agenda, you have two minutes, is uh, Mr. Russell Rand. Mr. Rand, are you still here? Oh, there you are. The smell of money. Convention center, that's going to be a lot of money. And I think a lot of people can smell that. Pardon? No, no, no. It's Todd Rundgren, actually. Don't get me distracted. But let's hope this is a marriage from heaven that doesn't lead to a divorce from hell. I think this is the fourth time. Is it the fourth time? Fourth time's the charm, right? Um, the county wants, basically the county wants this, the developer wants that. So you're going to have to join, see how it meshes together, the gears, right? Because the uh, square peg you're trying to put in a round hole, which needs a big shoehorn, right? Um, I like the presentation so far, the water, water everywhere. You know, if you keep it focused on water, uh, that's a good thing. That's why we're here. Uh, a few things that I noticed in the presentation, the uh, the shadow that might be cast by the big hotel on 17th Street. When they built the flyover on Davy Boulevard over 95, they said the flyover would slow traffic down, and I had to go 18 years in Riverland Road to fight that traffic coming in. And just the hump slows it down. That's the same thing with the 17th Street Bridge. That hump's going to slow down with all the traffic coming in. The box, you're going from bright light to box shadow maybe to bright light and then you got a couple seconds to see the ships and that's what you want to show your grandchildren the ships so um, I can already see a traffic nightmare in that area and how to route people in and out of that thing is going to be a problem but I'm sure you can work on it and there's enough time to do that I like the idea of the lighting under the bridge hey that was brilliant also reuse water bingo you got GT Lohmeyer Regional Plant there that produces an awful lot of water that they inject into the deep well, about 4,600 feet in the ground. But you could build a little treatment plant, get all the reuse water you want, and it's a win-win for the county and the city. They need to reuse the water. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the next speaker is Ann Salit from the Florida Restaurant and Lodging Association. Ms. Salit. Oh. Ann Salit. Was I saying Salit? Oh, sorry, Ann. <laughs> no, you said it right. Actually, yeah, you I said, said it right. It right. right? It's Sally, not Sally. But thank you. Good afternoon, everyone. Um, County Manager, Mayor, Commissioners. Um, we really appreciate this opportunity, as always. 
Um, I, I'm going to be brief because, um, like many people right now in Broward County, I'm suffering that bug that's going around. But we really urge you, this is an opportunity for Broward County to actually absolutely take that step to the next level and become the, the monumental destination that it has every opportunity to be. There will be some pain in the process. There's no question it will, there will be a lot of difficult decisions. But we absolutely support the end game. Um, and hope that you will work towards moving forward. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, the last uh, public speaker is Eduardo Fernandez uh, from the Sinesta Hotel and FRLA, uh, FRLA Broward. Yeah. Thank you for letting us repel off your building recently. You're welcome. I'll be waiting for you next year. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, mayor, county commissioners. Uh, County Administrator and staff, thank you for allowing me the opportunity to speak to you today. Uh, I'm here actually um, to uh, share my support on behalf of uh, my hotel as well as the Florida Restaurant and Lodging Association Broward Chapter for the expansion of the Convention Center and the addition of the new Convention Center Hotel. Um, as you know, despite our great success these past few years with our tourism growth, we've done this primarily by attracting our leisure market. Our world-class destination is not enjoying its fair share of the convention business due to an aging and undersized facility. We've heard time and again from corporations, associations, and meeting planners that they will not bring their conventions to Fort Lauderdale unless we upgrade, update, and expand our convention center. They've also stated that they need to have a convention center at the site. Uh, in my conversation with uh, my colleagues at the Convention and Visitors Bureau, I've been told that the annual economic impact of not attracting the amount of convention business that we should is around $100 million. Um, Miami Beach has already begun the renovation of their convention center hotel. I know they didn't approve the hotel, but nevertheless, Palm Beach, as uh, uh, Commissioner Marcus said, uh, just opened their 400-room hotel connected to their convention center. Um, in addition to the economic impact tied to the increased convention business to our destination, this project will also impact our county with job creations. We all know, at least those of us who have listened to uh, um, our tourism SARS, that for every 85 visitors, we create one job in this state. Um, so the ins and, and so I'm gonna, I'm gonna mention a couple of projects that I think will, uh, will hit home. The expansion of the South Runway at Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport at Dania Beach uh, created over 11,000 construction jobs and increased passenger traffic by 10% with new flights and arrivals of new airlines, which in turn created more job opportunities for county residents. Mr. Fernandez, I appreciated that, but the two minutes wound up, and so I have to cut you off. But okay. thank you for coming. Thank you. That was um, the, uh We're now uh, done with the public comment and we're coming back to the county commission and remember we're now on i believe item b which is the motion to consider a revision to developers team for the convention center architect and so um with i, with, I guess we should take each motion uh one at a time uh so with regard to this is there anybody in the county commission that would like to speak do you have any questions of the developer oh yes of course that's right um, I forgot, Ms. Henry, uh, there is a, a quick video that um, we're going to see before it comes back to us. Okay. 
My name is Michael Winters. I'm a partner and director of design with Fentress Architects, and um, I'm co I've come here. I've put together a very short three-minute video. Instead of coming here and showing you project after project with PowerPoint, I figured I could do it with a quick, concise video. Um, just to give you a little background on our firm, uh, we've been designing convention centers since 1987. We've uh, designed about 14 million square feet of convention centers. Uh, I've been personally involved in each and every one of those. They've all been, 100% of them have been expansions and renovations to existing centers. So we're very glad to be part of this team. And with that, I'll, I'll just show you very quickly some of our background work. We designed the first phase of the Colorado Convention Center, opened in 1990, it was about a million square feet of space. And we expanded that center in, in 2004, added about another million and 1.7 million square feet, so the total building is about one or 2.7 million square feet. We're having trouble hearing you. This is a multimedia technological installation we did at the uh, LAX. Uh, Thomas Bradley International Terminal. Technology has become one of the main uh, interests of meeting planners across the country. Uh, we're currently doing the new expansion for the Miami Beach Center. And these are some of the renderings and designs for that. It also will have a 60,000 square foot new grand ballroom, very similar to yours. And a rooftop terrace. Not quite with the great view that you guys have here. This is the Palm Springs Convention Center, another resort destination convention center talk about sense of place we try to design our facilities to definitely create a sense of place uh, and be designed from the natural environment it's one of our more well-known buildings this is in Pasadena we built a convention center around their historic civic auditorium all of our centers remain open and operational as the construction works around them. Another resort convention center in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Again, every center is defined by its place. No center looks exactly the same. And then maybe the one that's most applicable is the one we did on the waterfront in San Diego. It's got a six and a half acre rooftop park. We provide a 3D animation to show how we actually phase and construct around the existing building so that everybody gets a picture on how it's done. You see the park on the roof and then at the very end here you see an 800 room hotel come flying in. <laughs> it's a great way to do it. So you can see some fairly uh, applicable references between the two here. Thank you. Thank you. Now I'm 
Actually, before we go on to, to each motion, I do think it's important that the County Commission has the opportunity to ask any questions uh, that it wants of either Mr. Cohen and uh, the developers, um, Matthews, uh, which I think is based on their presentations. And so to keep it orderly, before we uh, go into the motions, um, it, does anybody on the County Commission want to address the presentation, ask any questions? Uh, Commissioner Wexler. I'm going to keep my questions, though, today at the 30,000-foot level. Um, I've asked these questions, by the way, of Mr. Um, Cohen yesterday, and I think it's appropriate to ask my question of the developer. And it's, it's based on the conversation and the meeting that took place. And I don't, you, I don't, were you there April 1st, Mr. Matthews? No, I was not. Like Mr. <coughs> Snell was extensively. He's throughout the document. So, and it's 23 pages worth of, you know, your interaction and back and forth and all the conversation that went on. But there were a number of issues that were raised that I find need to be flushed out a little bit further today. Um, when will the operator be chosen? When, or when will the flag be chosen? It's nice to get the operator in as you're doing the design. If you bring the operator in after, um, it's it, it, different operators operate in different ways. And the reason and I ask you that question is, is in that meeting of April 1st, it became very clear about the four-star requirement that we put in our um, document and the room size. And there was a conversation about the different flags that actually have, and they're going to a smaller room size now for the stars. And then it was identified that it's lounge chairs were used, and except for Trump, that's right, that was that was in there as well. I didn't want to say that name, but okay. <laughs> um, it's it, it, it's something that as we move through this conversation. They each have different standards also for the common space. And so I think that for us, just having a four-star may not quite be adequate. It is at this juncture today, but as we move through this conversation with the developer, I think that the board needs to know what it's getting. Absolutely. Okay, and so that's why I was asking at what point in this journey will you if, if, if we move forward with this today, at what point in the journey will you know what flag it will be? Well, right, right now we, we've talked to a number and that's been yeah. presented and it's um, different ones bring different things to the center. Mm -hmm. Some you'll say, hey, these guys have a better booking system. You'll get these conventions that you won't get from others. Mm -hmm. Others will have better food service. And it's a, it, it, then it comes down to the financial meets the, meets the physical. And so it's an iterative process or, or a circular process where you get closer. So it's in some ways you'd like all of the uh, hoteliers to work with you as you're doing design. They won't all do that. Um, you might be able to work on design with one or two, but ideally you can get to that sooner rather than later. So if we can get there in the next two months, that'd be that'd be terrific. I mean, is that I mean within the next and let's say within the next 90 days, would you expect to have a flag would, on board? Depending on what the process or process yeah, okay. See, that's is what as, I thought as we go but it's it's um yeah we have to be sort of unleashed to say hey we've got a 
a real thing we're working on here and we're and take the next step and and it's in they, they've all treated this process very seriously but there's a there's a so they want to make sure that we're truly committed to Matthews before well, they commit that before side of it, they commit to Matthews um, I don't think you'd have anybody any problems getting getting Flays to commit and I say this I get smacked in the head but it's that isn't the trickiest part getting the right flag to commit with the right financial deal is the most important thing that's to do. the key is the so, right financial deal and yeah. we'll get to that in just a moment but out of the corner of my eye I see mr. Cohen that really wants to respond to this as well so uh, I will not stand in his way of course I appreciate that um, uh, just to um, uh, remind the board that um, the, the final flag selection will be coming back to you uh, there are a number of criteria that we're interested in. We want a flag that's going to be able to stand on its own all year long. The convention center will generate room, room nights for about half the year, and the, the hotel needs to be able to stand on its own the other half. Uh, so there are different criteria we talked about in the RLI that we'll be looking at, and then we'll be sitting down with the developer uh, if we move forward, reviewing that criteria, and then giving them an opportunity to have those conversations that you were just referring to, Commissioner, with the various flag operators and coming back to us with their recommendations. I actually have three more questions, and they're, again, big questions. The next one is the design of the whole site. And what I mean by that is, in that meeting of April 1st, it was clear that there was, and I'm my word, not yours, that there seemed to be some resistance about designing under the bridge and maybe it would be of some help to the Hilton which is around under the, on the other side of the bridge and I bet if the Hilton's the flag of the hotel it'll be great but if the Hilton's not the flag then I don't know that any that they want to make that an integral part of it but this Board of County Commissioners does and they wanted that whole site of what is property that we asked to be Part of it to be a part of it and so they're really that wasn't brought into that conversation in a meaningful way okay so last night about nine o'clock to ten o'clock we walked underneath the bridge and walked around and to the docks it's, it's absolutely gorgeous and it could be taken up to the next level yeah. so we and there is one slide showing that underneath the bridge is lit up which really means we're we're starting to pay attention to it. It's a great open space. It's a great connection to the water. So I, we will not ignore that. I can, I can promise you that. Well, we don't want it ignored. We really made it as part of our standards and specs within it that it be incorporated into the total site so that it was more, it was inviting out. The people that use the convention center now walk that path between the Renaissance and the Hilton. They walk that path and hotel on site or not people are still going to be staying on the other side of 17th street yeah. and so bringing that in and we also very much here wanted this to be a local destination for our citizens of broward county and for it to be meaningful to them as well so that's why when i didn't read that within that meet those meeting minutes um, I, I i needed to make sure that was on the record and the last thing in that meeting was regarding parking that really was nowhere near addressed adequately as a matter of fact it was really believed that parking would be 
potentially at portside. And we've got to proceed here as if that's not part of the deal. Would I love it to be in the mix? Absolutely, I'd love it to be in the mix. But it's not in the mix. It's not the property that we're talking about. And so I was thinking, and as I met with Mr. Cohen, um, you don't, it's cost prohibitive to go down. But it doesn't mean the podium can't go up. And one of the things that you had in your proposal was building more floors on the existing garage. Well, we're going to lose with the design that you submitted, we're going to lose 800 spaces within the current garage because that's <coughs> where the convention center expansion is going to sit. So parking is absolutely a real challenge here. And having adequate parking is I incredibly important because there are not just people that the teacher, the, the, the Broward County Teacher of the Year attracts thousands of people to the venue and every one of them brings their own car. So it's just something that I, we, we spoke about what we can do and how we can help with our port parking garages and trams and expansions, et cetera. But I believe you guys need to go back to the table and continue to work on adequate acceptable parking alternatives <coughs> for this Board of County Commissioners and for the county staff. And then the access easement for Portside is designed, the hotel design actually goes into the, um, the, the um, access easement. So that needs to be reworked. I'm sure that's a very simple thing for your architectural team to do, but it is something that absolutely must be addressed. Okay, so right. all the things you're, you're saying make 100% sense. And basically, as I said, it's a, it's a circular process where we're in a, you know, we were in a competition with other developers listening, trying to put all the pieces together. There's, I'm sure there's more pieces than that that we haven't got right yet. And the trick is to get them right before we start building. Well, you got that's, a that's lot it. of it right. You got a lot of it right. It's a very, it's, 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 it, it, you got a lot of it right. I don't Thank want, I, I don't want to be, critical, but as we, I, and I did, I, I did read a lot of, of um, this information. The part that really needs a lot, lot more work is the financial piece. Um, for this commissioner, it is, and I don't want to go into detail with you, but I did go into detail with both the county administrator and Mr. Cohen. It is not acceptable. And there are many more opportunities of, that we can pursue in order to make it more palatable. And one of the things, just, just to name one thing in the, um, the, the taxes to the county that were identified are the taxes to the entire county, not the taxes to the board of county commissioners. So you've got your city and your school board and your water water management and your hospital districts and all those other are wrapped into that when they say property tax payment, that's that whole enchilada. We've got to slice out our part and our part plus the ground lease doesn't take care of the debt. And by the way, pretty much the debt on this effort except for the convention center expansion will be coming through the general fund. And so money is really important. 
as we move forward. And so I, I know that our um, county administrator, that is her specialty, is finance. And um, it actually happens to be a strong suit of Mr. Cohen's as well. So I think we're in very good hands as far as this journey continuing forward. But I want you to know from me um, what has been laid out in that performer so far is really not acceptable. Okay, I, okay. I hear what you're saying. Thank you. Commissioner Ryan. There were several aspects covered on the, uh, the presentation with regard to the expansion of the um, convention center and construction of the hotel. Um, there was mention by uh, the consultant Kimberly Horn uh, regarding uh, parking and traffic engineering. And um, is that representative available? Is he still here? Sir, could you come to the podium? In your presentation, you, um, you mentioned that um, this site will promote uh, multimodal transportation. And I uh, imagine that you were referencing the intermodal center, which is located uh, very close to the water. Is, is there any other enhancements of multimodal transportation that uh, you show on your site plan? Uh, not at this point. I mean, are you saying what we have shown is what we believe is sufficient? It meets your RFP requirements? Right. Well, with the location of the um, multimodal transportation or intermodal um, facility right next to the water, it seems to be kind of carving out or, or, or cutting away from what some of us had expected was going to be uh, public space next to the water. Um, why is it that, um, you know, this is where the buses are coming through. Why, why is that so close to the water? We looked at it based on the RFP, which required that it has to be on 17th Street. That's what we looked at, and that was the only property that was available uh, that was working. We did not want to place it within the core of the expanded uh, convention center because of uh, conflict with the traffic, conflict with pedestrian traffic. So that was the location we identified. Um, and there has been other discussions about other locations. But at this time, that's where we are showing it. Right. I, I think that, Mr. Cohen, in your um, summary explanation, you mentioned there may be some deficiency with respect to access to Eisenhower Boulevard. Is that correct? Um, that's something that I've uh, just started discussions with the city of Fort Lauderdale about. They are looking at possibly restricting the left-hand turn off of Grande onto Eisenhower heading, and left-hand turn heading east. I've ex uh, shared with them our concern that if we put uh, more buses on their site, they would have to go underneath the causeway and exit there. And so they're now aware of that concern and will incorporate it into their planning. On the site plan, it shows uh, with regard to the existing parking structure, uh, it says parking expansion of the garage, two levels for 750 cars. Is that a net increase of 750 vehicles for, for parking on site? No, it is not a net increase, I don't believe. Yeah, because I, I, I believe when, when the convention center is expanded, it cuts out part of the parking garage with a loss of 800 spaces, and then 
750 is added by two additional levels on the remainder of the garage. Would that be correct? That's exactly my understanding. Yes. Commissioner, if, if I might, the, the RLI specifically did not include addressing the parking deficiency caused by the partial demolition. That is something that we are pursuing on a parallel track. We're in the middle of a separate parking study and we'll be bringing the results of that to you in the very near future. That dovetails with the discussion that we've, we've heard somewhat of uh, having some amount of parking um, in the podium underneath the hotel. And uh, if you were to uh, redesign it for parking underneath the hotel, uh, what kind of capacity would you be looking at for, for the number of vehicles in that podium? Oh, what, what would we be looking for? Are you looking at well, me, sir? What would the developer be able to accommodate? Okay, I'm, I'm sorry, that's going to take a, uh, a little bit to, to figure out, but you'd hopefully be getting to the 400 or so parking spaces. But that's me eyeballing it, so it's not a, don't, don't write that down and say Jack promised that. Um, I'm not an architect, I'm not an engineer, <laughs> but I have to understand all those things. So, you, but the, right. to, to really answer your question, though, on the right sort of start to finish, this is a, um, this is what you're looking at in those pictures is, is the possibility of what could be there. There are a lot more questions than there are answers so far, and we're early on in the, in the design process. And so figuring out, and, and the, the um, Kimberly Horn on the, on the traffic side of it is kind of in an unfair position because we said to them, hey, we're, we're doing this hotel, we're doing the convention center, where can we put this? And, that was there for now, knowing that it's not a perfect solution at all, but we really have to work through a number of, a number of questions and, and, uh, and answers on that. Right. Throughout the, the presentation, you mentioned, you know, you're working on a constrained site. Um, Mr. Coleman says the same thing. And uh, I think that that's what's, what's putting together these, these um, difficulties that I'm seeing on the, on the parking issue, both vehicles in and out and, and also parking on site. You've developed other, other large hotels and convention centers. Have you ever had a development where there was such a distance between vehicular parking and the hotel? Um, I would say no, um, but it, it's been done before. It's, is, it, is it terrific? Not at all. Um, will it be acceptable if you make air-conditioned space to lead to the parking? You can probably get to the acceptable level, depending on what we do with the, with the rooms and the, and the in your travel path, but we want to look at a lot of other solutions before we say, hey, that's just the only place to, to do it. Right. Uh, part of the, the difficulty you have in, in developing this site is you're asked to do so um, with the, um, uh, the leasehold interest of Portside that is, that is being kind of, you're drawing around it. Um, have, you, have you done a, a site plan with uh, having access, having the, the port side property, and then a second site plan. I know the one that you present to us today is where the port side property is, is um, <laughs> continued to be held by, by the, uh, the lessee. And um, I just, I just want to know, have you done that analysis with, with the entire site? So uh, I'll tell you exactly where we are because I just got the answer. But we've done a preliminary one, but it's, it was preliminary in the sense that it, it wasn't even brought forward yet because we don't 
can everything fit there? Does it work well, the sites together? Absolutely, the site works better together. But um, that really wasn't our, um, we didn't come answering that question. But that's, that, that makes it just a lot easier right. to work my, my recollection was that we were gonna look at um, both options because I believe that the county is, is in discussions with the, uh, the owner of Portside and uh, I'd like to see, you know, what you could do with Portside there. Well, you showed me what you, you, you could do with Portside there and what you could do if, if Portside property was in your hands and you were able to reconfigure parking traffic flow and um, the amenities that uh, surround the hotel and the convention center. Um, there was discussion about, um, you know, where, how much tourist development tax money can be used to fund this project. I mean, I know the hotel is, you can't use the tourist development tax money but um, to you, Mr. Cohen, to all the other uh, uh, amenities around here, the convention center expansion, uh, the walkways, uh, the traffic flow, all of that, is that, uh, is that available for funding through tourist development tax funds? The, um, uh, the, the uses of the TDT funds are, are somewhat limited. Um, and I would tell you that given the numbers that we're looking at right now, uh, for the convention center expansion and some of the, the site improvements were already tapped out re regarding any extra monies that this board <coughs> might, might consider. Um, to your other point, um, I don't know if you have your presentation books in front of you, the, the long spiral ones, but if you look on, I believe, pages 77 through 79, uh, that shows <coughs> some general site layouts. Yes, ma'am, that, that one. Uh, you'll see an option 2A and 2B. Uh, that references uh, developing the site without Portside and developing the site with Portside. That shows uh, an intermodal center uh, with a parking facility and retail on the Portside site and some retail, I think it might be on page 78, uh, or an, an additional retail presence near the water. Uh, so the developer has given at least some preliminary thought to the concept of a, a different paradigm, but they were instructed by us to focus on what they knew. And what they knew right now is that we didn't control the site. Right. If you're able to place original, uh, additional retail space on site, um, how does that uh, reconfigure the, the financing analysis? I mean, if you have access to, to more property that, that you can utilize for your purposes, uh, how does that affect the percentages or the, the contribution uh, that the government would have to pay on this project? So, so basically, it, as I said very the beginning, this is an, it's an iterative process. So effectively, what we would do is take a look at the entire site, work out you know what what's coming from retail, what's coming from parking, what's coming from you know on and on. And so basically you start with a pro forma that reflects that, that new design. And so you might lower cost, increase revenues. Um, and is it enough to, to make sense out of acquiring that site or not? I just can't tell you right now, but it's a, it, it would be a, a new pro forma on a new piece. Um, we did make um, assumptions on the, on the retail side that we would end up with a, a certain amount of retail that's you know, really not shown in design yet, but it is in the, the financials, and that's that's something because we think we can get there. We're just not there yet. 
as you hope to achieve a, an iconic site, um, I think to make it a destination, you want more than a hotel and a convention center for a couple of reasons. Uh, you're going to have a lot of business, you know, in our tourist season, but come summer, and we have, I guess, about a three-month winter and uh, one-month fall and one-month spring here and, and six months of summer. So in those six months, you certainly want to continue to do business, and uh, I think you're going to need to have it really be appealing um, to the local folks. Uh, you know, we've got almost 2 million people in Broward County. It's a beautiful site, and, and your ideas are, are fantastic, so I don't want to sound in any manner to be negative. Uh, I just would like to see it have more of a, uh, of a public component, uh, especially around the waterway, that can attract people uh, year-round that would come from um, any place in Broward and, and perhaps, you know, in Miami-Dade and Palm Beach County. So uh, I hope that you will continue to look at that because, you know, as you look at your financial figures, you want to be able to have a lot of business in, in the, the off months, in the off-tourist season months. So um, that's, that's important for me. Uh, my last question is, you have, um, currently you have, uh, you're showing the L-shaped um, hotel, and um, you're at 24 stories and um, 1,000 rooms. If, if you were to go down to 800 rooms, which um, you said in your presentation, that is what the, the hotelers would want to see and want to, you know, invest in. Uh, we have heard from uh, the local community and the local hotelers feel that that's appropriate, especially when you look at the other hotels that are in close proximity off-site. Um, if, you, if you go to uh, 800 rooms and you, instead of having the L-shape, you have perhaps two towers um, and you go up higher, because I believe you can go up another, up to 350 feet and you're at 250 feet. So, um, what can you do? I mean, did you do any kind of a design on, on what that would look like if you went up higher and you, uh, you offered more of a, of a view for, for folks? Because, you know, a lot of folks that go up that uh, Clayshaw Bridge want to be able to have that view of the waterway, the cruise ships, the port, and all of that, and it would somewhat be blocked by that building. Okay, so there's multiple questions. So we, we've... When we start looking at a design of something, we look at a number of different things. And, and one of the things that drives a, a larger floor plate is basically a, a shorter building, which is quicker to build. Um, the, and depending on the financing you pick, will also can also determine what sort of building. So could you end up with two buildings? You could. It probably would not be the most efficient choice. You might end up with, with a uh, longer rectangular building that you could change some way to give it the, the interest you need to have. Um, so there's, there's, a, there's a number of things you can do. It's, it's, and it, it really comes down to a balance of you know, how much time during construction, are you taking all your financing day one or, or do you stage it because then you're not paying for money that, that you haven't used yet. Number, all these things go into the, uh, into the workings of it. But the answer to your question is it, it can become a smaller, um, building from a viewpoint of view, um, but, and, there's, and there's lots of interesting things you can still do with it to get right. to what you need to get to. Thank you for your answers. Commissioner LaMarca. 
Thank you, Mayor. <clears throat> From a design standpoint, I, I, I think I'm, I'm with Commissioner Works with it. There's more to start with than, than to, you know, there's more on the positive side here than, than not. Um, one of my concerns is, and I, I don't know that any of the designs or uh, previous renderings we saw from anyone, whether it was our consultants or uh, the port side folks or anyone really contemplated a, a structure like this. So it's interesting and the cruise ship idea is very, is interesting as well. I guess what I'm concerned with is the, is what it says. So forget about the, we, we can't, but I mean, just from a design standpoint, uh, ignore the areas to the west and north of here uh, and just look at the design. To me, what this, what this building says is that we not only, we're not including the idea of working with, with our neighbors to the west, but we have no, no interest in it. It's basically a big wall to that. My, my concern is that if you look at, if, if you look at the transportation issue, which to me is gonna be one of the most important things because the goal is to get cars off 17th Street and off of, of Eisenhower and, and thankfully we've moved security past the, the convention center so that this is a conversation really more for the site, but to run cars up that side of 17th Street and into taking, taking into account what you've, you know, at least this in early design, what has been done because of the lack of the of the port side facility or the, the site to the west of you. You've taken transportation and intermodal and put it in the, to me, the absolute worst place you can put it on the site. You put it out on the waterfront. It's about as, to me, it's about as good as put, building a parking garage with a view of the water, which was what somebody did here years before I got here. Um, what Commissioner Wexler brought up, very interesting to get the cars underneath the, the podium get them around, but if you look at not having that page 70, one of your earlier pages where it shows basically the transportation or the uh, transportation flow without port side, it's basically going in and around that property is what I see. And it does go into the, go into the bridge, but with, with all of that beauty under the bridge and the lighting we could do and the, and the entertainment space and the idea of retail and, and, and uh, restaurant out on that, kind of on that peninsula, to have an intermodal facility with buses. I mean, we're we're getting to a uh, a streetcar away the wave. We're getting to other things like Sun Trolley and other modes of transportation. But big buses out on the waterfront, uh, and we're we're not hybrid. We're not we're not gas. We're not natural gas right now. We're di we are diesel buses sitting there. Um, so instead of sitting under the bridge last night and seeing that view, you can go right across the street next to the McDonald's and see how this is going to look on the water. And it's buses and it's not, you know, Mr. Walton's here, but I, nothing against the buses, but I mean, I don't think that's what we want to have on the water. And I, I think if we're going to do that, if we're going to do the traffic flow, we need to put that where, where it can be done. Um, a lot of, a lot of the design features I think here are, are very good. One of the, um, one of the uh, concerns, and the gentleman that came up, and was a, there was a uh, question. The gentleman behind you with the with the sweater on. What, what firm are you from? I'm sorry. He's okay. Sure okay. Click Matthew Southwest. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. I did, we just had a lot of people coming up. I didn't, didn't write them all down. Um, the 
the one issue that was brought up is very important to me. We'll probably get to that in a later part of this discussion. That's weekly meetings and communication with the city and, and planning around city and county events. But weekly meetings and communication in a development slash construction project like this is what the critical issue is that's behind all of this. And we'll, we'll deal with that later, but I'm glad I did hear that because to me, the communication, you don't do that at the end of the project after you've maybe done some things uh, differently than, than the owner and maybe the owner wouldn't understand. I mean, this communication has to happen along the way. Um, parking and Commissioner Ryan and Wexler brought up, we're gonna cut off a third or 40% of the parking structure that's there now, which as I said, probably shouldn't be there, but it is. Um, where, where, so if somebody comes into the hotel and they want it, they most likely will be valet, right? So they're gonna give the keys to somebody and a car disappears for the most part for the next couple, two or three days because they're at the convention center, or they're, they're at the hotel, maybe they walk around to shops and hopefully if we have the right dining opportunities, the car is not an issue. But what if somebody wants to come in and it's not really a hotel event, but they're, they're gonna decide to uh, go to a convention center event and they want to self-park, or maybe they let me go back. They, they're going to stay at the hotel, but they decide they don't want to valet the car. Where where is that uh, self-parking area proposed? So, so so right now it's at the in the new or the the increased size of the convention center, which is actually, you, know, you take 800 spots off, you add 750. Mm -hmm. It's it's in that building right there, which is um, that's that's where it is currently. Okay, so it's in the it's in the building that says it's, it's the extension out of the convention Correct. center. So there'll be parking on what, first floor? Uh, let's make sure we're talking about the, okay, so right now on the podium of the hotel, mm -hmm. there, there's not, in the design you're looking at, there's not parking right now. Um, can there be? Uh, I believe so, will there be? We'll have, to, we'll have to get there and figure it out. It, it takes away some things and it adds some things. Mm -hmm. so, it's, it's a, so it's a, but right now with the designs you're looking at, that parking will be, um, Sorry, further to the uh, to the south. Yes, so in the in the in building the, that comes out, like in the current in the current parking garage that that gets um, changed. Yeah. Okay. Modified. So in the base of where the existing parking garage. Is. Yeah. Okay. So it's not too too far. Um, Commissioner Ryan brought up brought up the, the point. I think that we all we all thought. I mean, we're we're, we're going to get to this convention center just like we do now, whether it's expanded or the way it is now for events, uh, celebrating our economic uh, economic engines, our tourism, uh, just different events that will have their chambers and different different events. But the average person in in Broward County, save for a home show, car show, something like a, a local event, may or may not have a need need or desire to come down here. Whereas if we design linearly from uh, Eisenhower all the way to the tip of this pier or this, or this peninsula with the water, water in mind and with the idea of having entertainment and other, other, way, other revenue sources, you know, that's gonna get people that are gonna come down, they're gonna, they're gonna realize that there's other excellent restaurants around there. I mean, there's restaurants on the other side from Boatyard all the way around through the Hilton. And I mean, we want people who are both, both here and people who had the opportunity to come down and, and take a ride down there and, and spend the time there. Um, it, se it seems this first rendering where I guess we're looking at it from kind of from the east looking down uh, on an aerial, it seems like you've addressed for the most part uh, with, the, with the small details that Mr. Cohen brought up about the promenade, which looks great. Unfortunately, there's, well, fortunately, there's a lot of uh, 
goods being loaded on the on the cruise ships there at, uh, at Terminal Four from there. So that's that's that'll change a little bit, and then the the uh, the cutouts where the where the stairs are to come down to the water. But but we do want to use those areas. You did address kind of that uh, that green space on the top of the exp expanding convention center. Um, but to me, it seems like you addressed up to what we what we've given. Like we gave you a, a specification list, a, a list of list of requirements, and that's what you've designed to, and that's fine. Except that when you look at, and here it is, it was on page 36. It's an aerial of um, what's it called? Proposed project phasing. It, it kind of shows the transportation, and that's really where I see, other than. The, uh, the the light blue lines are okay. Construction traffic plan. That's that's during construction. But to me, once that once this is done, you're either coming up that service road and going into the hotel to your right, or going on down in a bus to this transit center, uh, intermodal center, at the edge there. And the only I'll give you this: the only reason I could see for having that intermodal center there is we have a water taxi. We have other other things that are going to come from from the water and making that connection. It's just the way to me. The way it was designed, and I'm glad you did. You did put the, it's a page 77 or so, where you did show the utilization of the other property. Um, I, I think it's clear if you look, and you've got color coded on page 77: taxi, car, emergency, service, light rail, bus, pedestrian. Um, it's you can see by just those traffic paths that. that We've eliminated port side, the existing parking around it, and the west side of the of the uh, of the building from the new design. And to me, when I when I came and just give you a, a, a ten second, I, I came into office in 2010, knowing that this is one of the most important things that, that we were going to try to do. So that was six years ago. Uh, it was something I actually ran on, and the one the one thing I kept saying was, well, when we finally get people to the table, we don't want to shoehorn it into the to the corner of the property. And that's and it's not your fault, but that's literally what this what this ended up being, um, I don't, the only time we can have this conversation is in public about what's, what we're allowed to uh, say to each other because of sunshine laws, but everybody knows that I couldn't care less who owned the property to the west of us, but I could tell you that I can't see this project happening without the contiguous property from Eisenhower to the water and 17th Street to our convention center. There's other options uh, that you can deal with with parking. There are other issues that you can bring in for re revenue creation uh, from dining and, and, and shops and other things. Um, there's this there's this whole idea. We have this this art piece with the sailfish in it, with the, with the marlin and the sailfish, right there. That should be out in the corner. Not only should that be out in the corner, but you know, if we're, if we're open-minded thinkers in, in Broward County, we have the Guy Harvey Research Institute at Nova Southeastern Oceanographic Center, and when people bring their kids. Or even adults come to a conference. They want to check out local museums, local cultural things. There should be a partnership, for example, in my mind, with Nova Southeastern and Guy Harvey with enough information and enough exhibits there to get them to want to go see the research center or get more involved in, in ocean sciences, which is one of our one of our benefits here. So um, I see I see what's what's before us and um, it's good. Um, I, I just think that if we were to the way you have the hotel designed is basically, to me, backs up to any activity behind it. And even if you were to say, all right, well, we can get that property there where you've put some intermodal and retail on the port side property, and you move the fountain on this page 79, but the hotel still kind of faces faces that area. Um, I don't know, and I think Tim may have brought up the idea of two two towers or however, however it's worked out. And really, we have two towers in an L shape here. 
you know, so maybe this maybe this is two parallels. I don't know, but um, the transportation to me is going to be the big issue. We've got a lot of folks on the other side of the bridge and on the to the west of here that it's their daily ride, their daily commute to work, and as much as I know that this is going to be less traffic, for example, than than uh, living space condominiums or apartments because of the nature of the hotel facility, we want to get the cars off the road. So, to me, I mean, I th I, th I think we're we're having a good conversation, but um, I just I'm I'm still concerned that it seems like I guess to the folks on the outside who may be listening in or, or reading what's written from the from the paper, or however they get their information, it's going to look like this is our fourth go at this, and it's the f and it's at least the second or third time we haven't tried to put the entire site together. It's not your fault, but we need I think I believe we need to make a decision one way or the other on that. That, that if we're going to step up and make this the right project and we figure out how to make that work. And I think our administrator and our administrator's staff, Mr. Cohen, have, have tried to start that conversation. I just don't want to see that conversation end because I just don't think you can build what we need to build without, without the entire property. Commissioner Holness. Let me say thank you very much for being here. Thank you uh, for your presentation. And, and, and for responding to a request for a proposal to build a convention center hotel on our site and the expansion of our convention center. Thank you so much Thank you. Uh, for being here and for going through all of this. Uh, certainly it's an arduous task for us to make this happen, but it's an important thing for us in Broward County and for the people of Broward County, I believe. Uh, Mr. Fernandez earlier and Mr. Cohen uh, mentioned that the economic impact would be $100 million per year. I, I want to make sure we verify that. I know, I know you were distracted. Yeah, but, but the question is, uh, Mr. Eduardo Fernandez mentioned it would be a uh, $100 million impact per year. No, the, the numbers that you cited uh, in that case was, was lost opportunity. Lost opportunity. But, I mean, conversely then, if we're losing it, we're going to gain it once this is done, correct? We, we have projected numbers, and we do believe that we would generate economic activity in excess of $100 million. yes. In excess of $100 million. And, and And I know we've had the job numbers also. Do you remember what the job numbers are? Not offhand, sir, okay. no. Uh, so there will be a tremendous amount of economic development opportunities and jobs created as a result of this. One would uh, presume that, yes. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> now, the financing, whether, we, whether they leverage it or go cash, will determine their return, rate of return, correct? The rate of return is dictated in part by the deal structure, okay. 100, you know, whether it's all equity, part debt, yes. Uh, could that affect the subsidy? Yes, it, it very well could. Okay. Uh, so that, but, but the presentation pretty much is on a cash. The, without, the, without. the proposal right now is no debt, um, all equity. Okay. That, that's something that can be further discussed. All right. Um, I also, sir, have a concern with the uh, lack of enough public event outdoor space. Uh, how we, we configure that, how we fix that, 
I, I, I think is a concern. Uh, but I believe that for the local community, and even for those who visit, having that a robust outdoor space for events, public events, I think will be beneficial. And, and what comes to mind is Bayside. Uh, you, you have a, a space there that folks go down to, local community go down at holiday times and at different times take the family and, and have a, a robust opportunity to, to utilize that space. So I, I think that could be very beneficial for us uh, and also help with any retail space that we might put in place. Uh, in terms of getting a good rate of return for those who would want to put retail space there and pay it and, and probably get some higher rents, which will then benefit us in terms of uh, the return that you will receive. So uh, that's something that I, I think we ought to look at. Uh, and and, and a, a big concern about that space uh, that we are designating for the multimodal transportation, that, that space to me seems to be prime property for us to utilize in terms of some outdoor space. And, and I know that being close to the water, you get the connectivity to, let's say, the, uh, the boats that could come in, uh, the, the boat taxi uh, service that we have in Broward County to connect. But I, I, again, that space to me is vital for us to utilize uh, for outdoor events that will bring more people uh, in to the area. And in, in, in back to the economic impact, I, I know we're looking at probably finding some funds to help make this happen uh, in terms of subsidy. But we also currently fund target industries for job creation in Broward County. Correct, Mr. Coyne? Yes, sir. And in my mind, with this opportunity to have $100 million economic impact, which we are fairly certain will happen, if this is built, compared to some of the other, <laughs> compared to some of the other uh, ventures that we support, <coughs> along with the state and the cities, could we not look at some of those funding sources also to help with this? I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Part of those programs we marry up with funds from the state. Okay. If the state continues to fund certain types of programs for targeted industries, obviously that would. Whether this, I don't believe that today that this is a targeted industry, but um, it's something that we can look at. But in either case, we support um, economic development initiatives from sources that I suspect that um, this would rank really high, and it would be something that I'd be talking with the board about in the coming, the next coming year or two. Right, that's that's the, the point I'd like to, to get to. I, I think that's, that, that is in order for us to move forward. We ought to look at every, every different avenues to ensure that uh, we get this completed for the people of Broward County. Uh, again, I thank you for your presentation and for being here. Commissioner Ritter. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Thank you for being but here this if, afternoon. If, if I may, just one, one final uh, uh, comment or point or a question. I'm sorry, Dale, I thought you were done. Just, I'm, I'm sorry, it's. He took a breath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did more than a take a breath. Done. But, but, but <laughs> thank you. Uh, 
as great as the presentation is, and, and as much as I'm appreciative of uh, Matthew's being here, will we look also at alternatives if we're not able to come to a final agreement? Of course we would. And Commissioner Ritter. Are you sure you're done, Commissioner Holmes? Okay, thank you. Just want to make sure. Uh, thank you for being here this afternoon. Um, before you drew up these plans, did you have an opportunity to sit down with our consultant, H, consultant HKS, to discuss with them what their their phase four, their four phase plan for this piece of property looked like? I, I don't believe so. Okay. Um, it, in the event this moves forward today. I would, I would suggest that you do that because the commission had been very enthusiastic about that four-phase rollout for this uh, piece of property and some of the issues that we're talking about here, public space, for example, were incorporated in that four-phase rollout. And if, if you took a look at it, I think you might be able to see where we were headed when he, when HKS presented that. Uh, Last year, 14, two years ago. Um, and if you don't have that, you should. If you don't have we'd that. Be, we'd be happy to, to look at it. I don't know if it was. I'm not, bla I'm not blaming. Or, I'm just saying you, yeah. you really want to look at that when you go back to incorporate some yeah, of the comments happy, here as to. we move yeah. this uh, process forward. Um, you said also earlier that you had sat down with the city of Fort Lauderdale. Did you have like coffee, or was it more <laughs> substantial than that? No, no, sorry. Um, we had a, uh, a meeting with the city manager and the, I think it was the director of planning, uh, a lady, uh, and walked them through the uh, initial design concept. And to, can to you, are you, are you uh, free to, to share their reaction to that initial concept? Yeah, I, I think. Oh, Bernie um, says okay, so it's okay. So, yeah, um, just didn't want to get hit in the back. Um, yeah, I mean, there was there was good and bad. Uh, there were some current concerns over the view corridors um, that uh, that Lee had, um, and there were also some concerns on traffic um, along 17th. So, do, do you feel comfortable that you would be able to revise your? vision based on these discussions with the representatives of the city of Fort Lauderdale to the satisfaction of, of them. We won't talk about our satisfaction yet, but to right. the satisfaction in, of in life, that's what we, we, we attempt to do and <laughs> make it's, everyone it's happy. It's balancing a number of different important things that you try to get. So the answer is if we didn't think we could get there, we would have phoned in and said, Hey, we can't make it today. But, um, okay. but we think we can, but we're not there yet. Okay. Uh, when, when we did this convention center exercise um, nearly 10 years ago, the intermodal center was placed, the hotel was placed, <coughs> that hotel um, drawing was placed where the intermodal, your intermodal center is. And at the time, um, 
it looked like it was the best place for it. It was on the, on the edge of the property, on the corner. Is there a reason why um, that didn't happen? Because I know there's been a lot of talk about the Intermodal Center and where it should be and why it's here. And is there a reason why it's here? The, um, one of the reasons for the retreat uh, from that particular piece of property is due to a realization that there's an Army Corps of Engineers easement on the peninsula uh, that uh, we were unawares of back in the day. Whoa. And uh, that easement, none, that easement allows for construction on it, but it also gives the Army Corps a great latitude to determine uh, what is built, uh, how long it stays, <laughs> and, and even the existence of the actual peninsula itself. Okay. Um, so I, I guess we should be grateful that the project didn't work 10 years ago because they might have asked us to tear it down today. Well, then you'd be back here. Um, so in, in essence, the Army Corps of Engineers could have ordered us to tear down the entire hotel if it were placed on that peninsula because of their right of right of way right I or mean, a portion of it or something we would we would still have to go through permitting with them for anything that's constructed on that site so we would get tacit approval up front later on they could retract that and then whatever portion of the building was on that particular part of the site would okay. have to come down if they so dictated it's a highly unlikely scenario nonetheless it's a possible one and therefore you've seen some withdrawal from that particular part of the and, parcel. And uh, the, the um, argument would be that it's easier to make, make um, changes to an intermodal center after it's built than it is to a 10-story hotel. Okay, so that makes a lot of sense about why you put that there, so thank you for that. Um, I have to say, too, that um, in, well, let me ask you this before I get there. Both the 800-room hotel and the 1,000 room hotel as it relates to the county's financial contribution. It, it's indicated that approximately $7 million comes from the flag as key money. Is that standard percentage-wise uh, uh, in, in your industry for the flag to only come up with that much? Well, I mean, it, 7 it, million is nothing I'll sneeze at. It depends, it depends on a lot of things as, to, as your actual overall deal with the Key, key money is a funny thing, and maybe I'm getting deeper in an answer than you want, but it's, it's, no, you're not, it's something promise. you actually pay for. It's, it's, it's very expensive money. Um, but the industry, that, that, that is in the, it, it might be 10000 might be 5000 a door. It, it can change. It can be strange circumstances. It can be a lot more than that, but, and it can be nothing depending where you are, what you're doing. We think it's a, it's a proper number to use right now as a, as a keeper, but Sometimes you're better not to take any key money and, and make a tougher deal elsewhere. It just depends. Um, again, it's, it's sorry, but it's, it's a balance. So the, okay, I, it's I not an outlier, I think it's a good though. number to use right now, and as we pick the strategy which way we're going, we'll, we'll refine that. Okay, but it wouldn't be an outlier, for example. No, I don't okay. think so. I, I'm wondering, Mr. Cohen, if you could clarify the $100 million loss figure that has been, um, that, that was brought up uh, earlier this afternoon. That's lost business. Over That's, how long a period of time is that number that's being, 
banded around out there over how long? That's on an annual basis. Okay. Um, and and we, we've done a recent economic analysis to update those figures and, and verify that okay. we're, we're in excess of that range. Okay. Um. And, and we actually, um, uh, pursuant to Commissioner Holness's question earlier, uh, I'll dig up the old data and we're, we're currently updating it as well and get that out to all of you on the economic impacts. Well, I know that we can verify certain business that we've lost as a result yes. <clears throat> because they've written it down. They've written it to us. You know, they've sent us letters. Um, did, did you discuss the difference between an 800-room hotel and a 1,000-room hotel with representatives of the city of Fort Lauderdale? No? no. The number of the hotel rooms did not come up in that um, that you can I, recall? I, I actually think what came up was we had told them that to comply with the response, we submitted 1,000 rooms, but we were recommending 800. Okay. And it indicates in, in the documents that, that there is the belief that the market would not be able to sustain a 1,000-room hotel. Is that because our average daily rate is less? Is that the only thing that is looked at in the market as it relates to the size of the property? Basically, in the, in the hotel, you look at it. If you, I'll make, I'll make a crazy example. If you want to do a twenty thousand room hotel, you're probably going to have a problem filling it up. If you do a one room hotel, you may not have enough in your advertising business to find anyone to put in there. Um, so the trick is to get the right size with the right size center, um, and the and it's risk and return, and, and the operators look at at their risk as well as the the financial people and us as developers. And so for me proper size, proper place. Um, the site has a lot of good things going for it, and it's got some things that, that aren't perfect. It's, it's not on the beach. If it's on the beach beside the convention center, it, it'd be a different, a different uh, you wouldn't be talking to me. You'd be run over by people <laughs> getting, taking this. Um, so it's, it's a, so 800 is where really just about every operator, when they did their numbers, <coughs> said, we'll be comfortable there. We're not comfortable at 1,000. At okay. And that doesn't mean Things can change, but I, I would be surprised that that changed. Okay. Uh, but you can, you can always, I call it doing something unnatural. You can go outside of economics. And so going to a 1,000, the county could cause that to happen. It's just whether it's the best thing for you or not, that's, you just have to figure that out. Okay. Um, finally, thank you. Finally, let me say that. The season is a lot longer than has been mentioned here today. Um, in fact, the season seems to be year-round. So um, if you I mean, all you have to do is look at the numbers for September of the past five years and see that. So um, well, I agree this speech should be a place for our residents to go to as well. And the bottom line is that we're doing this mostly so that we can attract business from other parts of the country and potentially the world. Um, And people do conferences in July and August, too. Uh, so thank you very much for being here. And on that, because yeah. it's come up a few times, we really pride ourselves in, in building something that's interesting that does attract locals. And when you look at product that we've done, um, Dallas is a great example. The, the downtown stays on the weekend. We're in the 50% range across the city. 
we built two hotels downtown that uh, the one Omni, it's a thousand room, it does over 90% on Saturday night. The, the uh, Nilo That's does pretty close to the Big to night the same. for people, huh? Saturday it's, night? It's big <laughs> night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no send my husband a little note and tell him, remind him about Saturday night. All right, no, and, and I agree with you. I mean, there are 1.8 million people who live here in Broward County, and it's our convention center, and, and our residents should have the opportunity and the ability to take advantage of it. But it is mainly, I mean, <clears throat> we know that we have lost <coughs> business because we don't have a conference center hotel. Um, and I think that while we, it's residents' money that we may ultimately be using for this, the, the bottom line is that it's, it wouldn't attract the $100 million a year that we lose as a result of not having a conference center hotel. That's what I'm, the message I'm attempting to convey. Gotcha. Thank you very much. That's it. Commissioner Bogan. Oh, wait, no, one oh, more. Nope. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Commissioner Bogan. I'll be very short. I'll be, you'll, be, you, you'll meet the first lawyer that doesn't like to talk much. Okay. Uh, um, well, first of all, Alan. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Only when you're talking. Alan, Alan, you did a great job. Thank you. And I thank you for coming. I uh, appreciate working with you. I have one question to touch on Commissioner Ritter's comment on, on a, the room number of rooms. And if I could just touch real quickly. So it's your recommendation, 800 versus 1,000. And I assume that's based solely on your rate of return for your rate of return. Correct or not correct? Yeah, it, it comes down to... Uh yeah, rate of return, the, the, the risk on whether you can achieve what you think you can achieve in a pro forma, it's, um, it, it, all those things come right. together. Right, so I, I understand that. So when they were showing slides earlier, you were showing all different hotels that you were involved with, correct? Yep. And those had, some of them were 1,000 rooms or more than 1,000 rooms, okay, right? 1,001 is one. 1,001 or whatever. But so, so is, what is different between the 1,001 room property and this property here? Uh, it's, it's the, you got to take the entire market. You've got a lot, a lot more choice here in very high quality hotels than the market where that one is. Um, it's a, it's more of an outlier from, from a, a large, you know, it's a large four-star hotel. And it's, it doesn't have a whole bunch to compete with. When you okay. compete here, it's, it's a different. Uh, it, okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Look forward to working with you guys. Thank you. Oh, great. Hi. Uh, was that short enough? That was very short and was good. Okay. Uh, I just have a quick question, just, just I'm curious about it. I was looking at um, your pro forma. And I know that, um, you know, once you have the net operating income you, and you have the potential value of the property, you can find the cap rate. You have, to, you have two of the numbers, you can always find the other. But I always think the most important thing is finding the net, net operating income. And as I was looking through this, I didn't see how you got there. Um, do you know what was the potential gross income? What were the expenses? Like, you can lump them, you don't have to tell me all of them. Did you use an 80% vacancy and occupancy rate? How did you get to that NOI? So what's being said behind, which is correct, it's basically we talked to five different operators. Okay. And we went, we told them exactly where the site was. We showed them, you know, preliminary designs. Uh, they looked at the market. They pulled the star reports, and they mm -hmm. came back to us with numbers. Okay. And in those, basically, range of numbers, we sort of went to the to the middle of that and said, you know, you you got five smart groups. Okay. This is where they think it's going, but. 
it's, it's early days in this, and, and the way they looked at this is that it was a convention center slash resort hotel, not a convention center hotel, not a resort hotel, but you really needed to do both of those to, to, to look after 800 rooms. Mm -hmm. If you can't do that, then the market doesn't even support 800 rooms. So it's, it's a, um, you've, you've got to do the, the whole thing properly or, or you shouldn't do it. I understand. It's, uh, no, and, and that makes sense. It's, um, you know, I just was kind of looking at it and, uh, you know, I know these is, this is, for example, potentially in 2023, what they believe the numbers will be at that time. Um, I was just kind of curious. Um, I always find the most important thing to kind of figure it out is to find potentially, you know, you find out what the net operating income is. Sure. And you always have to start off with the potential gross income <coughs> and to figure out, you know, the expenses. And I guess you get the effective gross income. You know, you take in the vacancy and occupancy right. rate, and that gets you down to the net operating income. And I was just trying to, I was just curious what numbers they started with. I could, I think so I could figure so it out. So basically, if, if I'll give you a that would kind be of where these came from. It's a, it's an average of $240 a night. Mm -hmm. It's um, averaging about 78, 79% uh, uh, occupancy. Mm -hmm. Occupancy, occupancy, occupancy. occupancy and vacancy rate. Right? I know it's occupancy. Not seventy percent vacancy would be bad. <laughs> right? Thanks. Did I say vacancy? I'm sorry. No, I said vacancy. Oh, you did. Okay, good. You're right. The, um, you know, then you can add in your food and beverage and on and yeah. on, and, and uh, you'll get mm -hmm. close. But, but that that's that's where those all came from. Okay, no, that makes sense. I understand. Yeah. So when you when you when you assess it, you can say is 240 the right number? Is you know 78, 79 percent? The right number, um, mm -hmm. and then you know, then you get on down into your your costs of, of operation, and can you do that efficiently? Is it is the the thing built right for efficient operations? I understand. That makes so. sense. Thank you. I was just kind of curious, truthfully. Yeah. Um, well, I think that is uh, that's oh, Commissioner Fur. Thank you, Mayor. Um, my my colleagues have touched on most everything, but there are there's one thing that was that's tr that struck out or stuck out when I was reading the questioning thing on April 1st, and it talked about um, you wanting to flip the property in four and a half to five years. And my question is, when you don't stick with the property that long, does it mean that you need a higher subsidy? Yeah, no, I don't. Um, I assume that was taken from a financial look at it. It was, in the, it was in the question. Yeah, no, it's, it's a... It was right in the question that talks about wanting to... I thought the flip was designing it on... No, no. I'm talking. I'm talking about being able to, being able to sell the property, once you've built it, selling it in four and a half to five years is what it says in here. Correct. Yeah. So, am I wrong on that, Alan? No. That that came from Mr. Matthews. That came from our discussion on April first. Yeah, and I'm just saying it's it's. So, and my question is that it would seem that you would need a higher subsidy, if you're trying to to make your return on investment within four or five years, and I guess my question is how much flexibility do you have on that? of being able to stretch that out so that we might be able to have less of a subsidy. Does it, do you understand my question? No, I understand perfectly your question. I don't think it'll make any difference at all. Okay. Um, but it, it, yeah, I, I don't think it'll make any difference and it's, it's not a, um, we've held some properties for 20 plus years and still haven't sold them and, and others, that, that isn't the case. I don't, um, that, that's an assumption. So even if, side, you, even if you kept this a long time, it wouldn't matter? No, because you still look for the same... Uh, return on yeah. investment. 
And does it matter in terms of the flag that you get if you flip it? How much? Well, how much? Yeah, certain flags have better reservation systems that have bigger followings and than others, and you can be in the you know Starwood situation where it's getting sold, and people are saying, okay, how's that going to affect it? And and so you can that can affect it, but if the deal should be done today, that reflects all of that. I, I guess in part of me wonders, does it, does it make our choice of flags, does it limit our choice of flags based I, on the fact that they know that the property would change hands within four and a half to five years? I don't, I don't think so at all. That's and I, I guess that's something I have no idea about, but it's something I think I would like to know if it does matter. And, I, and the only people to ask uh, would be we, the flags. We, we have no concern in that regard. Okay, okay. Second, the multiplying factor that you used to get to the $100 million, do you have any idea what that is? The, the multiplying factor, we derive those numbers from an updated study that HVS did. Okay. Uh, the hotel, the, I'm sorry, the hospitality consultancy that we first used in 2014, and they did a refresh for us recently. And actually... You, you can get the number to me later. That's okay. Whatever so is. it's from a number of different sources, and then we... Um, applied an inflationary escalator to it to um, the year that the uh, we would be up at stabilization. Okay. If you can just get what that factor I'm, is. I'm going to get it out to all of you. Okay. Yes. And then lastly, and, and, and I hate to, to go, go here, but I'm going to go here anyway, is the design to me, I know we were looking for iconic. I didn't think it was that iconic. Um, I think um, it it's nice. I mean, it's... But it's not something that I've seen some of the other designs you all have done uh, in other places and even the stuff that you had show, shown us that I thought were very, very good. But I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get there with this one. And I know that we're, we may be having to take a second look at it anyway because of the view stuff. Um, I would like to see something better, personally. I, th I think there's – and I know you're privately limited – Based on the airspace, et cetera, I don't know. I don't know if, if that came into into play on it, but um, I think it needs something. I think it needs a lot, to be honest. And, and I hope that when we come when it comes back, that because it's gonna we're gonna have to, based on what the city of Fort Lauderdale is looking at or asking, I think we may be have we may be having to take a second shot at it. Um, I think your other work is better. And so I, you know, and I think you've had really good work. So, I mean, that's... So I'll say thank you. And constructive we criticism. We'll look at it. <laughs> yeah. I, and I know it's just one, you know, it's just one point of view, but... Uh, I have four great-looking kids, so... Okay, great. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Um, that's all I have right now. Thanks. Well, thank you very much for, for answering our questions and for being here today. You know, we, we very much appreciate it. Um, I think now, since there are no further questions of, uh, of the Matthews Company and also of, of Mr. Cohen, at least at this point, I think now we should move on to do each individual motion. And the first motion is Motion B, which is a motion to consider revision to the developer's team for the Convention Center architect. Um, is there anybody? I move the item. Mayor. Mayor. Oh. Yes. In oh, that's right, from the Monday night memo. This morning, the, the revision... That's right. Could um, you, I don't have it in front of me. Could you restate it, it one more time? It included the entire team. It was not limited to the architect. Now, it's, of course, the commission's prerogative to initially vote on the architect and then reach any other issues that you have. But as phrased, it's, it, it is to, um, well, B and C would uh, reaffirm the whole team. Yes, yeah, so C would be when we would address other issues, but 
but B, I, as revised, it, it, it's not limited to the architect. Okay, oh, right. So we'll um, we'll we'll take it up that way then. And I think the first on the queue was uh, Commissioner Wexler. Yeah. It seemed like you, I thought you were asking. I didn't know where I wanted to bring it up, mm -hmm. and that's where it's since the language has been changed regarding. Um, that it's not just the architect, but it's um, reaffirming. No, I, that, this is, I'm going to bring it up now, and y'all tell me if it's in the right place or the wrong place. Can, okay? can we ask, um, if, that, if that's okay, Miss um, Coffey, I, I don't have the two Senate memo in front of me. Wouldn't this be more appropriate, though, under C? Because C is still there. I, I wouldn't bother with separating B and C right now. Oh, so now. just take we'll them just together. Deal with this. If okay. you would like to. Do you want the Monday night, Tuesday yeah, morning memo? Thank you. If, if the commission would like to address the issue of the newly proffered arch architect and determine that that architect is qualified, that motion would be in order. Okay, right. No, because it and says then you could it, take up any other member of the team. Okay, so it says motion to consider and approve revision to the developer's team. So let's take it all up in this. Uh, so we'll start. I'm sure there's a lot of folks that would like to speak. We'll start with Commissioner Wexler. Um, I, I'm going to be um, very brief in my in my comment on this. I. I am. Um, I have continued, and I have been looking forward to this discussion today, because at some point in time, I need to feel comfortable about moving forward with Tudor Perini as part of this, this developer's team. Um, I know that we have had this conversation. Uh, um, I have privately with appropriate staff. We kind of um, danced about it when we spoke about airport um, runway expansion and the challenges and the situation that we're currently in. And at some point, um, Ms. Henry and Ms. Coffey, I would like to ask the appropriate staff to come forward and identify um, what the challenges are at the airport with Tudor Perini and, and the appropriate staff as far as um, us, our delay, and I believe it's a year delay at the moment, with the courthouse. At, at this time, Commissioner, you have the floor, so if well, you'd like to call I, them up. I, I would like to know if I may do that through sure. our appropriate staff at this time and get some spe specificity from them as it deals with um, what's going on there, those two projects, it, and how it, how it is impacting us. Definitely. Uh, Ms. Henry? So at the airport, um, we are in the middle of a dispute um, panel um, process. Um, I can have uh, Mr. Wiesner come and give a small synopsis of what that's about and where we are in that process. We, we also have, and, I, I know we're not in litigation with them on either one of these projects. I don't believe we're in litigation with we're, we're Tudor not. Perini on either one of those projects. We're not. But I think that the, 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 the word is we're not in litigation with them yet on either one of these projects. And that's what concerns me. There have been um, other um, engineers, architects, contractors, that this board has refused to do business with when we were in litigation with them. And so if we know that we're traveling down that path and if we know that we're not resolving issues, do we step into that pile of poop again? And that's just my, my terminology because the terminology really is 
of the challenge of this, and that really is a challenge. And for me personally, I don't, my eyes are wide open. And, and we have history, and I don't know that I really want to consider that history and say, yeah, go ahead and keep them as part of your team. So that's why I think this is the appropriate time to have this dialogue. Um, good afternoon, Commissioner. Steve Wiesner, uh, Director for Airport Development. Um, in response to your question, uh, Commissioner Wexler, DAP, the, the dispute al uh, alternative process that we have for all of the contracts that we've had out at the airport lately, uh, has been moving along with the Work Package 303, the Tudor-Pinney contract. It is the process that we all have to follow. So let's, let's recognize that right now. That being said, there is a number of things that we've continuously tried to get resolved unsuccessfully, both uh, sidebar as well as through the DAP program. And we are now going back through and reevaluating some other things, but there's, there's a number of, of, there are a number of changes, whether they're they have merit or not is, is still one of the things that's being evaluated. The, the actual cost of those changes is really where I think that we're having more of our, our discussions with Tudor Prini in that uh, there might be times when we ask for backup information and it might not be forthcoming or we might see information and we make comments to it and it may or may not be adjusted. Uh, those are the types of things that we do experience through this process that, that's, that is ongoing. And it has been a lengthy process, and it's, it's still going to be going on for some time based upon the number of claims that Tudor Pini still has out in front of us. And uh, unless there's some other mechanism that we're able to utilize through the contract, we, we are using the DAP because that is what the contract <coughs> contains. But of course, at the end of the day, and we don't know when that is, if it's not resolved to our liking, then we would resort to litigation. <coughs> or is that prohibited in the contract? No, no. Um, litigation is, is, is an alternative. Um, there's probably some steps in between the DAP program and litigation that, that certainly we'll take a look at to, uh, to check every avenue possible. Okay. Thank you. Can I have the same kind of response as far as historical and going forward with as it relates to the courthouse? Yes. Sorry. <laughs> I'm the administrator. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. Uh, uh, Mr. Hammond. Steve. And realizing one is horizontal and the courthouse is vertical construction, which is more similar to what we're talking about here. Good afternoon, Commissioner Steve Hammond, Assistant Director of Public Works. Uh, right now with the courthouse, as you probably all know, we're uh, about a year late from our original June um, 2015 completion date. We have um, a number of issues that we've been dealing with since really the outset of the project, including underground utilities along Courthouse Drive, the changes made to the courtrooms by our um, judicial stakeholders, a variety of other things that have happened through the building, um, a number of technical issues that still remain, but we're on the cusp of solving, we think, right now. Um, 
We have been in receipt of a, a time impact analysis, which is essentially um, the makings of the delay claim um, from James A. Cummings slash Shooter Perini. Um, that is an evolving document at this point. So in roughly December, we knew that the time impact was 300 some odd days and probably about a $3.3 million cost. We've received an updated um, version around the 1st of April that that's grown now to about $11.3 million with some caveats that the number will continue to increase as time goes by and as issues remain either resolved or not. So at this point, we are expecting the contractor to apply for their certificate of occupancy. We need to go through our steps of um, accepting the building and ultimately while all this is transpiring, take care of that time impact analysis, which because of its multi-layered parts, the overlapping um, conditions which have brought those um, to bear and um, what's not in that TIA is the infusion of the county's opinion as to the effect of the delay, the cause, and um, you know, the reasons and how that's all been handled throughout the project. So we have a very long discussion that will entail both um, obviously county staff, the contractor, the joint venture, and the White's company as our owner's rep. So a lot of moving pieces, a lot of moving parts. We have not um, fully vetted that TIA at this point. They're coming in next week to make the initial presentation of the revised document. So we'll be hearing them out. We have every um, ambition of resolving that amicably, um, but we are very far apart at this point with both our understandings of the issues and our relative positions. So um, where it's going to go, I can't say, but we are going to make every effort to hear it out, um, deal with it fairly and quickly, and hopefully not have to resort to the ultimate end game of litigation. But that's always out there. Commissioner LaMarca. Well, go away, Steve. <laughs> Mr. Hammond? <laughs> Sorry. Um, I, I had the, let me, let me say this, that I, I've had the opportunity to, to have a conversation with, with, uh, with somebody from the, from the general contractors firm and I, and I don't have the notes with me now, but I know that there were, there were, there were, you know what, when there's any relationship, business, personal, uh, there are two sides. And now in our case, we have three sides. Usually the third side is the, you know, the, the one in the middle or the, the right one. In this case, that might be four then because we have an owner's rep. There's, there's we, the people that put up the tax, taxpayers' sales tax because it was supposed to be no cost to build this $300 million building. Um, but regardless, then we have the general contractor and the relationship between the owner's rep and the general contractor, it was my perception that that is different today than it was when we started this process. It's been three, three plus years. Um, my concern is that we started, so, th th so this isn't an opportunity to have a all-encompassing conversation about Tudor Perini, but we didn't, we didn't, we didn't go to, 
uh, go to construction with Tudor Premium. We went to construction with James A. Cummings. Now, someone might say, well, it's the same company. Whole different, whole different staff, whole different people, whole different uh, culture uh, when we, that we've worked with there and the, the folks that we worked with when we started the convention center or the, uh, the courthouse building. And <clears throat> so I would just say the communication issue that I, <clears throat> that I highlighted a little bit earlier, to me, that's a, that's a big issue. I don't know what I don't know what the communication is right now <clears throat> with our owners rep with Whites. I don't know who's at Whites. I don't know what what, what members of the team are still there that started this project. Um, I know there's one that's not there anymore. Uh, that being said, what what are their what's the frequency of their communication with with Tudor Perini at the courthouse? From what I see, it's daily. Daily. Yeah, it's daily, okay. if not more frequent than that. Okay. They share emails. There's documents that pass back and <coughs> forth. We're constantly acting on RFIs, questions, change order requests. Mm -hmm. uh, we have negotiation meetings supposedly every week. Those have kind of fallen off a little bit lately. Um, but there's pretty constant communication both with our um, owner's rep, the joint venture, and county staff as well. Okay. Um, it, it, it's also clear to me that the company that we started this endeavor with uh, through the through the process of ownership changes that type of thing retirements uh, is a different it's a different uh, company based on per, uh, personnel personality and, and everything like I just said my concern is that some of the com some of the wor some of the comments or words that I had a few weeks ago were, were the sum total of everything. So I, my understanding is that the, we're dealing with Tudor Perini at the airport, and that's who bid the job at lower than budget, uh, and that, that is the civil division. Is that how you understand it? Roughly, yes. Okay. And this basically was a uh, different division, really different company, like I said, when we started, and we've got another, another entity that is working with us in the library through City of Waterhill. So we're looking at a, another project here. My, my concern is less of the quality of work because you don't you don't become a company that size with with a, with a staff of that many people with with without doing great work that being said we're we're talking about maybe a uh, I use the word culture again to where you go through the work to get it done <clears throat> deal with the and Commissioner Ryan brought this up before but deal with the rest of it at the end legally in litigation and that's that's certainly not how I I en endeavor a partnership or relationship working. Um, that's why I asked you what the communication was because we are going down the road at, at the convention center hotel with Whites as an owners rep again. Um, I think we need to have a, a, a little more open discussion between the contractor, the owners rep, uh, and and your and your team. Uh, we can't necessarily do it because of the. The, the optics and also the logistics of nine different people if they want to ask questions. Um, I, don't, I don't know that uh, the, the situation would present itself in the, in the near, near future because we are having this conversation about another project where uh, some members don't like the word workshop being mentioned here, but um, almost to talk about some of these issues because less of the, less of the uh, Liability, litigiousness of the whole process, and and who who did what, and how we're going to work this out financially. I'm more concerned with the makeup of the teams moving forward if we're going to move forward with the convention center hotel. So it's not that I 
<clears throat> it's not that I'm looking for anybody else. It's on, what I'm saying is, excuse me. <clears throat> Marco Rubio moment. Um, I wanted to make sure that if we're going to do something with, with, them, with, with them as a part of this team, that really we, we seriously have to have a conversation about how we would do that. I mean, it's not fair for us to sit up here with the sum total of everyone up here other than myself of uh, uh, experience in the construction industry of I don't, I don't, I don't know other than maybe lit litigating something, but the reality is we're not really equipped to make that decision other than when you look at what the relationships have been and what, what, the, what the reports have said and what we, what we can get from you because we don't have those conversations. Um, so I, mean, I, I think in some, some way, shape or fashion, maybe the county administrator can, can weigh in here. Um, what, what can we do to have a conversation, again, not weighing into the litigation of an existing project or two projects um, <clears throat> that are going down a legal path, but if we, were to, if we were to look at the capability of, the, of this member of the team, being the general contractor, um, how would we be able to have that, have that conversation? Let me start with, um, I, I think you, you all have said it, that we're not currently in litigation with, um, um, with Tudor on either of these projects. In fact, um, on um, a recent project, um, we amended a contract so that we could move forward expeditiously and provided some incentives for the work to be done. Um, we were just having a sidebar conversation, staff level, about ultimately who we are in, when we start looking at the team and who uh, make up that team and what those issues are, um, those things are put uh, in front of the board and ultimately as the DPA, you weigh in as to whether or not you determine that any member of that team is deemed responsive and or responsible. And um, at this point, that's sort of where we are, given some of the conversations that, that are being undertaken. I do think that um, uh, on the more recent projects, uh, I have personally been uh, engaged in dialogues um, with uh, representatives of, of Tudor to try to get issues brought to the forefront and dealt with. Um, I'm optimistic that we can get that done, but at the end of the day, we're not there yet um, as it relates to the, um, the uh, runway project because there is another formal process that, were written, that was written into the contract that they must follow. Um, what we find ourselves right now is these things are, they're, they're going on for um, um, and a period of time that that could have an impact on the project, which is something that we really would have to pursue um, with not only Matthews and our attorneys in terms of how these things can be written and whether or not this board, again, given what we're able to do and not able to do, if that's something that you want to, to, to take as a risk. Well, let me say that you, you, you pointed out the nature of some, some of these projects and one probably the airport going going on longer than expected. What concerns me and what I get a lot of phone calls for uh, is that 
when the subcontractor or the subcontractor under another subcontractor, so two levels down, uh, is not being paid. They're a small business in Broward County. And I'm not, I'm not pointing fingers at anybody else, uh, but if we're continuing conversations back and forth on change orders or certain, certain things aren't approved, and I don't know if Steve can add to this, but somewhere down the road, uh, one or two levels down, is a small business who's not able to pay their employees and those people aren't, aren't able to get paid. Um, <clears throat> there are people that endeavor to work with, with the public sector and, and that sometimes is, is an issue. Um, but the, the, it's not, and this is not a, this is not a tutor comment. Well, I've, I have people on a regular basis, maybe because I spent 26, 27 years in construction, is that for some reason they think that I work in the bill payment division of Broward County. And they may be friends and they may be contractors I've worked with in the past, but there's really not a whole lot that we as commissioners can do other than make an inquiry or forward them to the right place or do a, uh, a you know, commission, uh, a CR, a request. But, and it's probably not fair for some people to call, you know, to call us if it's, if it's, if it's uh, a small issue, but, but we've, heard, we've heard things two and three years later. Usually that's, a, that's an issue I hear at the school board. Um, <clears throat> I don't have any any, any uh, relationships there, so if anybody's listening, I don't. Uh, but re with regard to this process, as we as as the contractor and the owner buckle down, somewhere down someone down along the way is not getting paid. Now I don't know if we've got if we've held enough retainage from our primes, <clears throat> excuse me, on other not just this but other projects as well. But it's not likely that a prime contractor is going to just, even if the work has been done and it was satisfactory, pay a subcontractor or a next, you know, how many ever levels down until they're paid for the, for the work. So as we sit and, and talk about we're not litigating, we're not, in, uh, we're not in legal action, people still aren't, it's still dragging on, people still are not getting paid. So that's, that's my big issue. I don't want to endeavor on a new project for a half a billion dollars where we have that, we have that similar issue. Um. Mr. Hammond, um, on the issues that would that, I mean, uh, to my knowledge, we're not withholding any payment for work that's been completed, are we? we I mean, have, we're withholding the customary five percent at this point. Well, so I, I don't know how we want to. I don't know how we we describe it to the public, but I know there are folks that have not been paid on on some of our projects, airport projects. Uh, other things, and, and they come back to us and they explain this and explain that. I mean, and I point, point them in the right direction. Example, head, head them towards the airport staff. Uh, but the longer we drag these out, obviously that building's, you know. To, to me, the issue, if we're gonna, if, we're gonna if, if Matthews has the team they have together, we need to make a decision. To be fair about that decision, we need to know what we're getting when we get uh, tutor on this. Because it was described to me, like I said, this is not, the <clears throat> is not the same division that did the airport runway bridges, and it's not the same division that is finishing the convention or the, uh, the courthouse because that was started under a different company. So I want to be comfortable and make a decision. Commissioner Holness. <coughs> yes. What I'm thinking is that as the debate uh, goes on, is whether or not it wouldn't be appropriate for us at this point in time to uh, uh, take up the item of the architect and and leave the rest of it so so we can move forward. 
that would be my suggestion, at least, because there seems to be a lot of uh, dialogue and, 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 and parts that is unsettled as it pertains to a part of the team. If we could just go ahead and get the architectural piece uh, done uh, and, and somehow probably come back and deal with the other uh, part of it when staff's ready or Matthew's ready to, to do something rather than, I, I don't know that the continuing conversation is gonna change the dialogue that we have. So that would, uh, I would uh, at the appropriate time or now make a motion that we uh, accept the developer's substitution for the architect and then come back to the rest of it at a later time. Did, did you wait, make that motion now? Yeah, I make the motion. Okay. All right. There. Did everybody hear the motion? Uh, Commissioner Holness um, uh, made a motion. You may want to restate it, but uh, it, it appears that Commissioner Holness has indicated that he thinks that the discussion with regard to anything but the architect right now is premature, and so you're just you would like to make a motion to move yeah, for substitution so, the architect. Let, let me let me go since we have the rest the uh, uh, attentions here. Here, uh, my suggestion is that we. Uh, accept the developer's substitution of architect. Uh, it seems they, 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 they made a pretty good re presentation. I like what they do. I think the rest of us are impressed with that also. There's no question as to that. However, in terms of the reaffirming the rest of the team, uh, we'll leave that to come back for another time uh, and figure out how where the staff goes with some of the questions that's been raised by my colleagues and 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 uh, the developer, and when they are ready, they bring back the other item in terms of reaffirming the rest of the developers' team and uh, moving forward with the proposal. So that would be my motion that we do that now. Sure. Can we do it that way, Miss um, Coffee? I was going to suggest that if it's the will of the board to hold open the issue of the general contractor as a member of the team that you make approval of D subject to um, a subsequent discussion and conversation about qualifying that part of the team. So it's a contingency. Okay, well, uh, that's, that, yeah. that would be my motion. As a, I'll amend the motion to that. Can okay, you restate good. that motion, please? I'm sorry. How long? Do you want to wait? Six months? Uh, no, no, no. I, I think that our staff can, can work <laughs> through this and, and, <laughs> and, and bring it back to us. I don't know how soon they'll be ready, so I don't necessarily want to put a timeline on them unless you want to. Okay. I, I think that our staff understand the importance of moving this forward uh, and, and we'll uh, bring something back uh, in, in short order. Before vacation. Uh, no, uh, oh, whoa, whoa. Be, before that, though, we have a few people on the queue. Uh, Commissioner Ritter. Um, I actually think it is our responsibility to direct the staff as, as it relates to the time frame. So okay, that's I'm, fine. I'm not willing to do, uh, uh, this has to get done. So mm -hmm. I'm, if you want to move, if you want to kick that can down the, down the street, then I want to see it next week. Okay. I want to see it May is 3rd, 2nd. What is Tuesday? Could we get feedback from our staff to see if that? I, I, that seems to me to be quite quick. <laughs> I, I would think we probably need a couple more weeks than that. We've been doing this for two years. Yeah, I understand that, but this is not. This is a different item and part of of the process now that we're faced with. Uh, could our staff respond to to that in terms of that timeline being as short as short as it is? Uh, our administrator. 
Um, we, we, as you know, start, um, we've already started agenda prep for the next meeting. It would, it would not really give us enough time to get in the next two, three days to finish up in order to be back to you at the next meeting. At a minimum, we would need two weeks, which would be the second meeting of May, uh, in order to resolve this. And I would also want to, um, you know, consult with the development team and see uh, what uh, issues or concerns they might have and uh, how this impacts their time frame. That, that's fine, but I, I have a feeling that the development team has been listening very closely to the conversation on the day for the past hour or so um, and have been given a pretty clear indication of where the commission is on, on this issue. Uh, and I would venture to say that they would start working on it as early as tomorrow morning. Um, Let me. So if you need two weeks, right. then that's fine. Right. But th this is already, we've already been working on this for decades. Yes. And Understood. the longer we wait, the longer the ribbon cutting gets delayed in 2020 or 2021. Um, right. Of course, and the, and the more expensive. So, uh, hey, let two me, weeks. Since I had a full, let me amend the motion to have us uh, leave the develop the the con contractor portion of this out, and as a contingency, and that we come back in two weeks. The item be brought back to us in two weeks. Would you con uh, continue second in that motion? Uh, well, I thought we're man. proving the architect. We're, we're going to approve every everything else except for the contract oh, okay. because that's the okay. only place where we have an issue at this point in time. I, I have a, a couple questions. Right? A, a couple questions for staff. Commissioner Bogan, do you have something you want to see your mic's been on? No, no, there was a second to the motion. Oh. So the, uh, I, I have a couple of questions. So, what I mean, can, what is staff exactly going to do? Like, what what do you all what are you going to do with regard to the to this issue? Mm -hmm. Like what I, from the that I'm just kind of curious. What is the actual what what staff? What do you view as your your job in, in this? So <clears throat> first, we we need to have a conversation, um, uh, further conversation with Matthew Southwest. Um, in addition to that, the issues that um, have been raised, uh, we certainly want to make sure that as we sit with. Um, other members of our team, whether it's our legal team, our, our, our um, construction staff at, at all, to talk through a number of other questions that have been raised um, to uh, us in the last uh, in the last couple of hours to sort of work through what all of this means so that we can then come back and have a, a, a more fruitful conversation with you about what it means. Because our relationship as it stands right now would be with the developer how that, what that means for um, other portions of this conversation, I'm just not sure. So we do need to have more conversation. Well, I guess internally. Um, okay, and I guess I, I mean I did, I didn't chime in before I was going to, but I you know uh, on the on this issue. So uh, there, I just have a couple questions, and then I, we can definitely vote on the motion unless anybody else would like to speak. Um, I guess a big question is that I have. Um, this is a, a very large project. The courthouse is a very large project. The runway or the airport, very large projects. And Correct. so it's always been my understanding there are not many companies that have large presence in Broward that can actually do these projects. There are a few, but not a, it's not like you have one on every single street corner. And so I bring that up because I personally, and I'm, 
I have concerns, of course, with regard to the, the uh, courthouse. I really want to see that resolved. I yell about it every single time we're up here and with the airport. But if Matthews believes that Tudor Perini is the best for the job, then I don't have a problem with them keeping them on there. If they want to go elsewhere, I don't have a problem with that either. Um, I just want to see it, it get done. So I just wanted to give my point of view in there. But I think there's been a motion and a second. Um, I think if there's no more discussion, I think we can vote on it. So uh, all in favor signify by saying aye. aye. All opposed? Show the item passes unanimously. We're now moving on to <coughs> two weeks. Two weeks it comes back. Then at not the next county commission meeting, the meeting right after that. Mayor, you, you may wish to close the meeting of the oh, DPA. I would uh, like to close the meeting of the DPA. Is there a motion? There's been a motion and a second. All in favor signify by saying aye. aye. All opposed? Show that it is now closed. We're now going to move on. Uh, it is now closed. We're now going to move on. Uh, show that 